brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to AWAM. Anime was a mistake. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is Tim. Did I hear a question mark at the end of that? Are you sure? You weren't sure if it was me? Yeah, haven't you seen My Python, the Holy Grail? Oh, oh, okay. So you were saying that as part of my name. No, I'm actually, I'm Tim with a period at the end, if you have to use punctuation. No question mark, no exclamation point. I'm not... Look, I wish I was that much fun, but I'm not quite that much fun. All right, and fair. Don't really, don't really deserve a question mark either. You know, I don't tend to puzzle people that much. What about like an ellipses? Tim. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I, I really hope that I'm not giving everybody pause every time they think about me. I mean, you do give me pause every time. Well, that's fair, but you're one person. I'd, I'd hate to be burdened with such significance that I was Tim with an ellipses. Oh, like for everyone. Yeah, like if that was just my name for everyone, and everyone had to stop and just kind of ponder every time they thought about me, I, I wouldn't want to put that sort of burden on the world. Because you know what? I already helped make a podcast about anime, and that's bad enough. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Yeah, this week, uh, what have you been watching, Andrew? Anything? Uh, so I've been continuing with Gundam 0079, still enjoying it. I don't want to talk too much about it, because... Spoilers, I want to do a real series on it because I, I like that show. So I don't want to spoil too much, but it's good. I also... That's good to hear. So the pacing hasn't been killing you? No, I mean, it's certainly slowing down and it's certainly an older show, but it reminds me of... I've seen a lot of critique of WandaVision that basically seems to boil down to people don't know how to appreciate episodic television anymore because everything is like binged now. And uh, I feel like some of the complaints about Gundam are a little bit that. It's like, it's slow. It's going to take a while. It's okay to have 
a random Monster of the Week episode that lets you get to know White Base a little bit more. Well, I mean, with Gundam, how else am I supposed to get way too many toys, you know, with different designs? Exactly. We don't do Monster of the Week. How am I going to have a special underwater mobile suit if we don't do that? I'm not I mean, gonna. You know, I will. I admit it is slow and there are parts that are very slow. But I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. It's fine. I think for me, what really matters is the type of content. Because there are things that work very well with a slow, methodical pace. And there are things that absolutely do not at all. I'm going to throw a plug in a little bit early. But so AWAM Auxiliary is our stream that we do on Thursdays, uh, 5 EST. And last, last week, we were talking about Legends of Galactic Heroes. Yeah. Which is definitely a slow show but it kind of needs to be for the level of political intrigue they're trying to weave into everything you can't rush that you have to develop it and yeah i i think it really the type of show does matter with the pacing a lot totally also i think some of the complaints on gundam's pacing i think also boil down to yeah amuro's kind of whiny and he whines about the same stuff constantly yeah, that is honestly a big turnoff for me. It was a big part of why I don't like the original Unicorn is the main character just came across as a whiny Amaro clone. But I will say, as an adult viewing this again, as a, uh, when I was younger and I watched it, it was very much, oh, shut up, Amaro, you got a Gundam, it's cool. It was getting the robot Shinji, but not thinking about the actual mental price of that yeah and in this viewing i am feeling that more that you know he's killing people and he's a child and he was kind of forced into it and has a lot of pressure on him and if he doesn't kill people then the people he cares he cares about will die but uh is is that what does that mean and uh, i think it some of that can be excused i think it it definitely makes sense. I don't know that it knowing that actually makes it better viewing or not. I, that's kind of what I'm saying. For me, it has. It's okay. It, he's still a little whiny and like it's still a little too much, but it's not nearly as bad as I remembered. And I think some of it is from, frankly, me growing up some. That's fair. I, I definitely have found that kind of my reaction to those sorts of things, though, is I, I just don't like seeing child soldier plots much anymore. Like, unless a show's really willing to kind of, like, face what that means, or I guess, like, Nickelodeon shows just make everything super non-fatal and kind of cheesy it instead of actually yeah. scary. Well, I would, I would say Gundam is probably one of the original shows that took that seriously. Yeah, they... At, at, I don't know about at first. I feel like it does take a while for you to realize the real horror of it, because I, I almost feel like Gundam was trapping a young generation in, oh yeah, this is going to be an adventure story, you know, he's 14 just like you and got a big robot, isn't that well, yeah, fun? Yeah, that's how you get people to experience that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, but that's it's... how you expand it, horizons, man. It's also, I don't want to say deceitful, but a little oh, tricky. For sure. A little tricky. Like, I, I'll admit, I personally prefer how Iron-Blooded Orphans did it, where they just well well yeah but also that's like a much more sophisticated show than something was made in 1979 oh yeah oh i mean and it would not exist without you know the 79 show yeah. and you still see a lot of the dna from the original in it just saying i i honestly i really like what it evolved into which is we're not going to pretend that this terrible terrible thing is just going to be a fun adventure for well, kids yeah. which I'm, I'm a bit more comfortable with that that's fair
watch anything else? I did. So we were talking about slow shows in Gundam. Turns out I got a really slow show for you. It's called the original Sailor Moon. I mean, back to the idea of Monster of the Week, isn't that 90% of that show? Yes, but I did not realize just how slow the first like five to like seven episodes are like it's the exact same monster of the week every time and like there's not any like variation practically it's wild and then they just hit a point where like there are like weird interstitials of what the episode's going to be at the beginning as if it was complicated but it's not it's wild hmm but, you know, that's another one of those where I haven't seen that in years. Uh, and so Laura and I decided one night to start watching it and we're going to continue on. So we'll see. See how long that goes. Turns out that's a long, long, long series. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Would you say you're at least having fun? Yes. But right now, the yes, but right now it's mostly the nostalgia pushing through. Like I needed to complicate. That's fair. I also watched the start of Sailor Moon Crystal and then went, no, because... So are you familiar with what Sailor Moon Crystal is? It's not just a reboot? No, so it's a... 20 year anniversary i think remake that follows the manga in a more close manner oh okay and that didn't jive with you the animation is terrible oh no like even compared to disgusting which i mean okay i remember the the original not necessarily being bad but i i feel like lots of reused animation not a lot of detail yeah yeah like the normal tricks but yeah and i'm not usually someone who's bothered by bad animation I mean, it bothers me, but like, it's usually not something that that makes me turn off the show because like, look, I watch a lot of older anime. Ah, If that bothered me, I would just not watch anime. (laughs) But this one was horrific. I actually watched on YouTube a compilation of all the Sailor Scout transformations next to the originals. Oh, boy, they are bad. They are real bad. That's that's pretty sad. You know, never happy to hear that sort of stuff. The the sad part is that actually by the third season, they actually really upped the animation and it looks good. Basically, everything I was reading was one and two are rough. The third season is like legitimately good, but I, I, I'm never touching that again. So fair enough. But that's about it for me. I didn't watch anime this week. Oh, wait. I also I also did watch one other thing. The Great Mouse Detective. Which is, you know, animation, not anime. That movie really hold, really, really holds up. Now that one I actually saw just a few years ago at Big Agree. It's still so much fun. I wish I could have the kind of energy that, um, oh, what's the villain's name? Professor Radigan. I wish I could have big Radigan energy. I mean, we all kind of do, don't we? I mean, everybody wants to be the charismatic villain. Also, he makes smoking look real cool. Don't tell that to the kids, Andrew. No, smoking is bad. And they're going to watch that and want to smoke. But he makes it look real cool. Don't smoke unless you're an animated rat villain. Or Gandalf. And you can make like a... Look, if it's that good-ass Hobbit weed, then yeah, go ahead and do it anyways. Yeah. But if it ain't that good-ass Hobbit weed... Mm. Oh, we're off the rails. All right. Uh... Oh, we are definitely off the rails. Anyways, I just wanted to say I didn't watch anything this week. I'm just going to have a big old binge this weekend with four different seasonal shows. That'll be nice. It will be nice. I found out that they are doing a second season of Megalobox. Now, you and I talked about this before show, and you said you were already aware of that, but it's news to me, and that's what's really important. I did watch the original Megalobox. 
I liked it. Didn't think it was groundbreaking, but I, I did like it. Didn't think it really needed a sequel, but kind of in the vein of a lot of, I'll say, boxing movies. It looks like, yeah, we're getting a sequel and it's many years later when he's older and washed up. At least that's the look of it. I don't he, know for sure yet. Can he please have a robot butler and like drive he, a Trans Am? To, or no, is he driving a Ferrari at that point? I mean, I have a feeling to, you know, for the plot to work, he's going to have to be kind of down on his luck at this point. So I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of money, Andrew. I don't think he's going to have enough money for the robot butler. Man, I never realized how much I wanted the Rocky series to just be an anime. I mean... I think Megalo Box proves that it would work for those who aren't super familiar with the show. It follows a pretty standard like boxing story formula. It's nothing too radical there. They just added robot arms into it. But like imagine Dolph Lundgren in anime form. Be quite good. Yeah. Need to get on that. Imagine Sylvester Stallone trying to do voice acting. Ah. This is, I don't, uh, nobody's here. I guess, what am I talking to? Oh, you mean they got little pictures? So you can get at me at Andrew Sisson on Twitter. Tim is at Gimme Those Boots. The podcast is at AWAM underscore POD. On Instagram, the podcast is at AWAM underscore POD. Uh, as Tim mentioned earlier, we do AWAM Auxiliary at twitch.tv slash AE underscore POLLUX every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Time, whichever it is, whenever you're listening to this. And we are playing Final Fantasy VII remake uh and anything you could possibly need from us including back episodes our socials links to anything really you can find that at awam.pizza like star and subscribe to not be petrified by our green weep beam If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So can we can we can we talk about rock doctoring? We can talk about rock doctoring because I I just recently found out that I am definitely not a rock doctor. Yes. We both looked up scans 
and went, all right, this seems to be a real thing and it could happen there. I don't understand any of this. Mm-hmm. Turns out rock dockering is its own, you know, portion of science for a reason. It's real complicated. Did you know you can find uranium in them? Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that because I went on did the research, but yes, I do know that now. I also found that uh, scarn deposits often develop in places with lots of hydrothermal activity, which I do think are our setting at least checks that box. Oh man, China got one of the best scarns. Molybdenum. Molybdenum. Molybdenum? I mean, I've always said molybdenum, but I don't know if that's actually right. That's definitely wrong. Definitely yes. wrong? I'm gonna have to look it's at the spelling molybdenum. so I can see. Well, you, you think it's molybdenum? Molybdenum. Alright, well, before we really, really to show everybody how much of not a bunch of rock doctors we are, I did have to look that up, though, because, as we were talking about last week, it, it was one of those things that, str like, stretched the suspension of disbelief a little bit. Yeah, we both were like, is this a thing? I mean, I figured scarn deposits were a thing. The show wasn't about to completely make up natural phenomena. But I also wanted to know, like, are these things that, like, very, very rarely appear and only in very specific environments that maybe that doesn't, like, the show doesn't fit at all? Like, that sort of thing. I I'm gonna give it a rating of good enough, though. Like, I feel better about it after researching it, even if I didn't understand half the stuff I read. Yeah, I'm with you. I did see a picture while I was looking it up of Shelight, the, I guess, the rock they were looking for that contains tungsten. Yeah. And... It, like, even just with, like, a picture of it, so, you know, you're not necessarily getting anything too funky, like, wavelength-wise. I mean, I, I know they, what, the show mentioned how it's UV rays that really get it going? Mm-hmm. Was that it? Yeah. It's really cool looking, guys. It actually is. You know, look up a picture of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wanted to be smart and say the process by with by which it can be synthesized, but man, I cannot say that name. C-Z-O-C-H-R-A-L-S-K-I. I ain't trying. Me neither. <laughs> Moving on. So episode 22 is Senku, Chrome, and Magma going... Well, wait, before we before we go there, I need, I need to call back to something that we talked about last episode that I feel like, while I still missed it last set of episodes, I feel like they also made good on what I wanted uh, in this set of episodes. So I was talking about how I wanted more kind of stuff shown that Senku made life at the village better. Right. Because I felt that the previous episodes they were showing that, yeah, his stuff was trickling down to the villagers and, you know, he wasn't just making these things and then, you know, taking resources and not giving anything back to the village. You know, you saw like them using like iron hose and that kind of stuff for planting and but they didn't really do much with it. Here they really show how Senku is making life in the village better. I mean, they even have a scene with the, uh, oh wow, do we even get a name for Kohaku's dad? We absolutely do. That doesn't mean I remember it though. We see him kind the, of- The village chief, yeah. Kohaku's dad. He, he... Well, we have the ex-village chief kind of have a little scene where he goes, you know what? This is a good person to take over taking care of the village for me. And this is after he basically makes, you know, a much safer heating situation for all the villagers. Do those count as Franklin stoves or is that like a specific type or shape of that type of ooh. like stovetop plus chimney? Ooh, I, ooh. I mean, anyone who knows what I'm talking about, though, it's kind of that look where it is a compact metal box. You put the wood in and it goes out, a you know, a tube in the back or the top up through the roof or out, you know, the side somehow. Yeah. Those sorts of stoves. 
I mean, which are great. They are super efficient for heating things. Actually, probably overkill by quite a bit for those tiny huts they have, even if they're kind of draft. Well, they're very efficient. So that wouldn't be wild. I mean, especially if you're trying to make it last. No, I, I'm not saying it wouldn't work at all. I'm saying it's overkill, if anything. Like, it, it's good. It's going to be more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, specifically about those, I'll, I'll keep calling them stoves. There's another theme. So the idea of the science trickling down and enriching everybody's life. We also get to see stuff get recycled a lot and reused for other things and i like that both of these things being essentially qualities of science uh you know when introduced to society are it's reoccurring so i am watching the second season i don't want to get into crazy spoilers but pretty early on like episode three or four i think senku rips out one of those those stoves and uses it for something else just like i think it was the magnifying glass that doesn't actually have yet he gets what the end of episode 22 then immediately gets cannibalized and turned into something else something like that yeah anyways we we keep seeing this pattern of new things working off of old inventions or the old inventions somehow being a piece of them and also with everything new start like the technology trickling down and helping people i like that you see both of those and it's happening repeatedly over and over again even into the second season yeah but i feel like that kind of stuff uh the recycling but also the the trickle down and helping her. I feel like for me at least was becoming more and more important to see that just because like, yeah, Senku can kind of come off like a dick and like that he's just caring about getting this stuff together to fight Tsukasa. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, yeah, it was important to kind of show that, yeah, he works every way hard, but like it's not, they're not getting anything. Yeah, I, I do think it's important, which is, I, I agree. And that's part of why I like seeing that it's continued into the second season and seems like it's going to be a theme for a while. That makes me happy. I mean, it, it doesn't just help, for me, it doesn't just help with Senku's characterization, though. It also just, so I mentioned how there's a lot of science, but not necessarily a whole lot of realism in this. Yeah. And I think for that to work, the science has to be meaningful in some way to what science actually is. Like, it has to say something to us. And, you know, what it is, is, you know, here's what science does that we often take for granted, because we don't live in a post-apocalyptic world. I'm recording this right now with a microphone in my face, two screens in front of me. It's very easy to take for granted how much of what we have is from science. And I think seeing it in action in this sort of setting, I I think it's a good theme and motif to have running throughout the show. I I definitely like it. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that because I know I brought it up last episode. Ah, glad you did. So, yeah, do you want to get on talking about magma? Because we've talked a lot about magma not actually always sucking, and we're finally starting to pay that off. Yeah, I like this redemption arc for him because it's not even really a a full, true redemption. At least I haven't necessarily been given the impression that Magma is reformed. No, he's just not. It's more like not like a cackling evil villain. Like he's a real person. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, his cackling evil villain qualities were definitely also qualities I've seen in real people. Yeah, but those real people also have other qualities. Yeah. yeah for me, it definitely seemed like he's being brought into the fold and is now, I don't want to say controlled, but he's not out of control Yeah. any longer. And that's kind of the equivalent of his uh, his redemption arc is, well, okay, now Magma can actually pitch in and be a part of this if he wants. Yeah. And and I did really and he appreciate... probably won't do a murder. Yeah. Well, I did really appreciate how basically everyone's shitting on Magma for the past, like, couple episodes. <laughs> and even when he 
is trying to save Senku in the caves, Chrome immediately is shitting on him. And I mean, I guess with reason, but the fact that then Magma also understands how he is viewed within the group and says all this stuff to get them to not risk their lives saving him was just really good. It was really good, which go against everything I just said is actually some like indication that magma is starting to come around, at least when it comes to the like, you know, conscious stuff. Yeah. You can see that he's starting to think about more than just himself and his own power now that he's kind of lost his shot at power. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know. He's He still comes off as shitty to me, but in a way that's like, yeah, nobody's going to do a complete 180 after being well uh, somebody as comfortable with murder and assortment of other crimes as he was yeah and i do want to talk about while they're in the in the hole and senku kind of talks about some of his i don't know um philosophies of people's worth i guess he has like what teamwork makes the dream work like senku has a weird like almost egalitarian streak to him that I'm really curious to find out more about because it does really come off like he kind of views everyone as equal but different almost in the same way that he would view different men like different th- you know minerals on the periodic table as different but they're all all useful in their different ways yeah. and that's something that we haven't really seen I, from him yet not that we necessarily would have thought anything else but i think it's really interesting and it's like a subtle layering into his character yeah i think there were hints of it before you know despite all of the nagging he does to taiju making fun of him for being dumb you can tell that there's also a lot of respect yeah and he also see you know immediately saw the need for him but also showing that he doesn't actually really look down on taiju as much as he just likes teasing him so i feel like there was definitely hints of that sort of worldview or philosophy already in him but i i do also agree it's it's very it's interesting but for me i guess not unsuspected considering that despite trying to always come off as a cackling villain he keeps you know being deep down a big softy who doesn't want anybody to get hurt yeah but like this goes one step past like his buddy who he gives a hard time to Oh, it you absolutely I mean? does. Like it's, just, it's, 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 we keep getting these little slivers. Yeah. And this is, this is definitely a, I mean, because he's straight up saying what his thoughts and philosophies are. Yeah. It's a much more yeah. significant chunk with kind of establishing what his thoughts and feelings on that are. Yeah. Also, I just wish I could do that kind of head math that Senku does. I mean, we all do, Andrew. I mean, except for maybe the people who can do it. Can people do it? Well, I mean, maybe not to the same degree, but there's obviously people who can do some pretty crazy head math. That's true. Oh, also, can we agree that the magma throwing Senku is is wild and probably not possible? I don't know. Huh. Okay. Like, what's the world record for, uh, was it, the, is it Haber or Caber? I should know. I'm Scottish. <laughs> the, the big log tossing thing. Well, but you realize that, like, throwing Senku out of water is, is almost like doubling the amount of force required because he also has to push, generate, he has to cancel out the force down when throwing Senku with his, with his legs while generating the power with his upper body. Yeah, true. like on the ground, yeah, no, totally. It's, that's not insane. But treading water? Okay, I think treading water is impossible, but were they actually treading yeah. at that point? I thought he still had his legs on no, the no, ground. No, he like swam up. He threw him up. 
Okay. All right. Uh, I missed that detail. Yeah, that I don't think is possible. Uh, I, I'm pretty comfortable also putting that under the umbrella of there's not a whole lot of realism in this. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't really care. It was just like one of those things where I'm just like, okay, I'm not crazy. That wouldn't work in real life, right? Oh, no. Nah, nah. If, if he was treading water, no way. No way. But importantly, we get to find out about the treasure of friendship because <laughs> Magma and Senku... <laughs> Uh, are saved. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I like scenes like that. I think a lot of the characters in this show actually do have some like pretty good comedic chemistry, you know, like with Prome getting like overexcited and carried away with things. Yeah. Oh, wait, how did we how did I, we I like pass up the whole having to use each other for warmth? Uh, and how that was both their that was all of their like deepest fears, not, you know, dying. I mean, I did appreciate the, like, sparkly eyes when Senku was imagining it. Well, yeah, that's how you gotta do it. Yeah. Okay, so, for me, the end of this episode, the whole, like, like the betrayal fake-out at the end just kind of annoys me. Even from the beginning, the first time I watched it, I didn't think it was a betrayal. Well, that's why it annoys me, is, like, I, I, both times I watched it, it's like there's absolutely no chance that this is actually a betrayal, but it still feels like what the show's trying to get across is, you know, a moment of tension. Like, oh no, is this it for Senku? When, and the big thing was, like, definitely when Kohaku was, you know, talking to Senku, trying to, and tr they're trying to make her sound threatening, it's like, okay, I know there's 0% chance that she would just turn on him like that. We've gotten to know that character way better than that. So, I, I don't know, for me, it felt like a kind of a cheap play it creating some drama for a moment but it completely whiffed both times oh see i had a very different i i actually enjoy how they are con like they're consistently keeping things from the viewer and i think that's part of why i didn't view it as threatening because it's happens often in this show and i also took how like basically senku first goes oh you finally figured out that you could just kill me and everyone's like what are you talking no i took that as a <laughs> i don't necessarily think that they were trying to make it any sort of a bait and switch i think they just didn't want you to know but then you didn't really need to have any of that at all though like why build up the tension of people saying things that could easily be misconstrued as them you know wanting to hurt senku if the payoff is still nothing oh see i didn't even really i don't know i did not feel any sort of tension from it well i didn't either but that's because i just didn't believe it at all because i felt or, like no, I knew the characters better by that i didn't which i didn't really I, get anything of even any of it being threatening or or like anything that they were saying being like oh we've i don't know i i didn't i i feel like i had like a very different read on it than you okay well, like I my mean, only okay. question was did senku talk about how he likes space with them i'm trying to think if there's a specific scene because that was my thing. I was I like, feel how did Gen know to make him a telescope? Because when did Senku talk about space? We get it all in like flashbacks. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there is a specific moment he talks about it. I definitely feel like something you could put together with the show, even if they cut out the parts where they explicitly say yeah. it, like it'd be a real solid guess no matter what. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if anybody, but I, I suppose it, since Gen came up with the idea, it'd have to be him like was present with you know senku talking about how much he likes space or wanted to go there also i did really enjoy how gen reverse engineered the whole timeline oh i thought that was really neat another thing i really like about this show is they'll have little things just little scenes that don't seem to matter much and they'll pop up a couple of episodes later as a you know like oh hey remember that i mean they've done this a couple of times and yeah again asking a question about his birthday and then it coming well being a part of the episode now yeah i like the payoff for that and it's like he so wasn't even like, like trying to get his birthday 
because that conversation was from just knowing how long you've been alive, like knowing how old you are. Wait, I, I'm really not sure what you're trying to say. Well, okay. Yeah, I think he took that and was able to reverse engineer Senku's birthday. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't asking because he was trying to figure out Senku's birthday. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> For sure. I I think he knew what he was doing. I think he was planning that ahead of time. And I, I feel like that's what they were suggesting with this, especially with showing like the flashback and how the like the question you got to remember again gen is a mentalist so he's trying to make it sound like he doesn't care about senku's birthday but it's still about figuring out birthdays yeah i mean i maybe i don't know i definitely didn't get that from it but well i guess this is another case where we had very different reasons, yeah but i very much got the, the the idea that it was him essentially successfully using a mentalist trick on senku to get the info he wanted i mean i could see that you know it's like it's classic misdirection he wants to know about his own birthday so senku how do you figure out your Boom. Now he has all the info he needs to figure out Senku's birthday. Yeah. Can we talk about how much tungsten they got for it being rare and important? I mean, I guess a a good bit, but again, back to not being a rock doctor, I, I have no idea if that's realistic or not. Yeah. I've never mined a Skarn deposit. Oh, also, I don't remember where this came up, but it was at the beginning of 23 that at one point, talking about the former village elder, the quote, father is of an older generation is thrown out, and I just really enjoyed it enough <laughs> to write it down. Yeah, that's fun. Also, I want your read on. So with the whole, you really have to heat it, but you have to heat it carefully so you don't melt the glass and all that stuff. Do you think the creation of the heating element is a test for Chrome, or... Or do you think Senku is actually offloading something on him? Or is it a show of faith and friendship? Or is it a giant mess of all that? Yeah, I'm going to go with the the latter. I think Senku needed somebody else to get something done because, you know, basically it would take him, if he had to do both, it would take him far longer. And if Chrome you know, fails, it's the same as if he didn't ask Chrome anyways. He just has to start doing it himself, so... When he talks about how he wouldn't... He's, like, kind of like, oh, why'd you do all this stuff? But then, actually, maybe that's a good thing, you know? Like, it definitely was not the way that he would have thought to solve it, he being... Senku. Senku, yeah. Uh, and then we get the little Maker Buddies moment, and uh, best part of this whole series. Honestly, I, I thought this was so funny. Just how as soon as people start seeing what high fives are, just like, I need to get a high five too. Oh my god, I need to get the high five. Well, I mean, high fives actually give you a chemical response in your body. It makes sense. Like, I'm not saying, it, I'm not even saying it's bad. I just yeah. thought it was kind of funny that, like, yeah, okay, so high fives probably haven't existed for quite a while. Obviously, like, the founders knew about them, but it doesn't seem like any, it was passed on. And just people seeing this for the first time and being like, that is the coolest way to know that you're in the in club. I need that. I mean, high fives are great. Except actually, you know what? High fiving Laura, she wears a ring that uh, has stones and it typically flips inside just from her like doing stuff. Cause like it's a little Mm, looser. She gotten stabbed a couple of times. Oh yeah. It hurts a lot because she gets me like right on the bone. Mm. But otherwise high fives are great. Yeah. I I like the maker buddy stuff. Wait. Yeah. Philosophical question for you. What's better? The high five or like the high five into like the like, not the handshake, but like the bro shake where like from like Predator, which is better. It's contextual. I know that's not a fun answer, but it is definitely contextual. No, you got to pick one. 
Because, like, okay, then I'm going to go with the Bro 5 because that's the one that you use for, like, when your teamwork is super on point and you can have the kind of more complicated in-club high five as opposed to just, you know, your normal slap in hands. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think it, the context being, yeah, it is a bit more complicated, so it's not as good for general use. But I think for the specific uses... Absolutely. It's the best. Nice. Glad we agree. You know what I don't like, Andrew? Uh, the Tungstasaurus? No, I was fine with that. I had a giggle, honestly. No, I was going to say, I hate, I, I really don't like that this elbow bumping thing. Look, okay, I get it. You can't shake my hand, so just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need to come in to bump my elbow against yours. It looks silly and it's weird. And Wait, has someone actually done that with you in real life? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's people who like habitually need to shake hands and just can't get over it oh i love being in the arts yeah actually no then they hug you and kiss your cheek i mean not now during the pandemic but that's way more likely than so they uh, give you they give you elbows to the face then well, it's like no i mean like <laughs> is that what it's like in the art industry no, now pre-pandemic it's way more <laughs> likely for me to get a hug and or kiss on the cheek than a handshake mm. now people just stay yeah, away no, I, i've definitely had that with like people who are having handshake withdrawal Ugh. That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Don't bump my elbow. Just like wave to me or say hi or you, I mean, yeah, use your words, guys. Oh, oh dear. Also, Kazuki needs a hug. Yeah. I mean, the high five obviously made him and people telling him that they're his friends and, you know, having some emotional support when he's, you know, a man in his 60s who lives alone and has for a long time. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I could see that. Glad he has some friends now. Yeah. So then he just, you know, buffs up. Of course. We need one every three episodes. Please. We need one every episode. I think we'd get tired of mm. it. I don't know. Actually, going back, it has been surprisingly steady how we get a like one gag where his shirt pops off for every set of episodes we do. Yeah. Like it's it stayed like that since he's been introduced. I don't know. I, I don't know if that pacing was intentional. I'm guessing not that intentional, but I think that's about right. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how he has a soft spot for Gen? Actually, so was that, who was it that said that? I, I can't remember exactly which character it was. Was it Ginro or Chrome? He might have been Chrome. I don't Chrome. think it was Sanku. I definitely took note of that because does he? Yeah. Yeah, they've worked on a lot of kind of less important or, you know, kind of Koski's stuff that he's doing kind of on his own. He's roped Gen in a lot. All right. I, I guess I didn't really notice that. So when somebody called it out, it was a little bit like, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think <laughs> most about like the the cola thing and the water wheel. I know the water wheel was also chrome, but yeah. like. Water wheel, I mostly yeah. think of, yeah, him and Chrome, not so much Gen. But I think it's like around then. Okay. Actually, speaking Actually, of Gen, can so we talk about his first single? Yes, please do. It was very good. Nothing else? Although I'm disappointed that um, uh, the priestess, why can't I not think of her name, uh, when she came to help, Lily? yeah, they didn't do like a duet i really would have liked that too this feels like a missed opportunity yeah, I, i've definitely been in you know situations where i'm doing a repetitive task kind of like that and i'll do the same exact thing as gad and i'll sing myself a little repetitive song i just have to say gen is i mean head and shoulders 
twice over above what I can do. That's a bop. I'd listen to that on repeat, not just for making little batteries. I mean, you could. I mean, I could. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked that, and... And then actually right after it, we get a sick banger of an AMV set to the original OP. Which I'm glad that came back. I think it actually comes back in the second season, too. It just pops up when they want to do a montage now. Nice. Which I'm I'm all right with, because it is a really good opening number. Yeah, I'm okay with It's that. nice to hear it again every once in a while. Oh, small disappointment with this episode, but Kazuki has to make the ridiculous Hickman pump, which we briefly see a picture of what it basically is. And it looks terrifyingly complicated. And when they finish up everything for the cell phone, they, they show a bunch of different things, but they don't show that pump, which I'm a like, I kind of wish, even if it was just for a moment, that they showed the thing existing in, you know, the anime's world. Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, out of everything that they did with the final push to put the phone together, like, that was definitely the craziest bit. So it's like, I, I don't know, I kind of would have liked to see the, the payoff for that. Yeah. But also, wait. Can we talk about the return of the bag phone? The return of the bag phone? Yeah, early cell phones were bag phones. Well, yeah, but I don't think that's... I don't think we're actually quite there yet, at least with the cell phone they got. It's a bit bigger than that. <laughs> bag phones were pretty big. The one they end up transporting to the other side, I think, uh, fits into that pretty well, but... Uh, but yeah, definitely phones are bigger again for a while. Like, it, it is kind of funny how he, he mentions the cell phone first, so people from the real world are kind of primed to think about our tiny little phones, and then he makes it, and of course it has to be a huge monstrosity. He's not able to put together, you know, something as, well, something like modern technology at the level he's at. Yeah, yet, there's but, no way. <laughs> yeah, no, like, not at all, but I, I do like that they kind of prime you for the wrong idea, and I think that's on purpose. Well, but the, he also does mention it's not going to be a smartphone. Yeah. So I guess let's talk about the finale, kind of some of the stuff that happens in it, and then talk about how, or I should say, what our feelings are on it, because I have some strong feelings about it. But I want to get kind of All like right. the the smaller stuff within the episode out of the way first. Like I thought the hiding of the record was really cool. I think I think everything to do with the record is kind of neat. I, I like that they connect the two different time periods we really see with the show. Yeah. So I'm kind of discounting everything from before the, the green beam. But you do have kind of two parallel narratives with Byakia and Senku. And I like that they, you know, we now have a bridge between them. Yeah. Although, do they just not have music? Like, I'm sure they have instruments, but they don't have recorded music. I mean, yeah, the recording part is novel. But like the way it's framed on, on the record is like, they're not going to have music. People are amazed by their, their music. It's music. That's really fair. I I didn't think of that because I was just thinking of, well, not the total lack of music, but the lack of recording. Yeah, like that would make sense. And the lack of a lot of, you know, complicated types of instruments that they're just not going to have at that yeah, point. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's no way they don't have any music at all, realistic. But it like kind of felt like that was what the setup was. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if that's what they were trying to imply or not. I, I just didn't take it that way at all. But yeah, I guess they don't actually really show instruments or singing or anything in the village, so it's it's a little bit hard to say. Yeah, I mean, even when they, like, celebrate. Yeah, I don't know. The idea of a civilization lasting for nearly 4,000 years and not discovering a single instrument or singing or anything? Uh, I don't know. That that seems a little, that seems a little much but to me. But everyone seems mystified at music. I, okay, if I didn't know that recordings could exist, I would be pretty floored 
floored by hearing a recording of somebody talk, but even more so if it, if honestly a full like ensemble started playing well, yeah. up. But like some of the stuff they say really makes it sound like they just didn't know music. Like I wish I would have written yeah, down. You some might of the actually stuff be right, say. which would be really weird. But like they definitely like said things that made me feel like they just didn't know what music was. Hmm. Yeah, that wasn't my takeaway. But if that is the case, that seems rather silly to me. Well, yeah. I mean, if if that is kind of the case for by what they say, I doubt it was intentional. Yeah, that would just that would just be weird. <sighs> yeah, and he, um, I honestly don't actually have a whole whole lot to say about the last episode. I I do as a whole, but I don't really have many parts. So do you want to just get into it? Yeah, I was very whelmed by this as a season finale. Like it was okay. As a season finale, I like the episode, don't get me wrong. I think it's a good episode. But as a season finale, it just kind of felt, uh, And, like, you know, it helps that they literally confirm season two at the end. So it's not like, oh, will they or won't they? Immensely. Like, like they're definitely going to get to tell more of the story. And also, you know, there's a lot going on. I don't know where you put the, like, season finale that doesn't put you in a weird spot for season two. Yeah, that's my kind of my big takeaway from that i i actually thought that all things considered or at least the context around it i think it was a pretty good finale not necessarily in and of itself but with how this plot is layered it's kind of hard to find a good place to stop for a season like there are a few obvious ones like once sukasa is defeated and that arc is over yeah it's gonna be a great place to to end a season but we're not even close to that yet with season one so it is kind of hard to know like where do you where do you make that cut yeah. and yeah it, it's not a spectacular finale but considering what they're working with i think they did a pretty good job i guess my biggest issue is just it didn't feel like a finale it just felt like another yeah. it was a good episode but it just felt kind of like another episode and then i'm gonna wait a while for the next episode i think that's fair yeah I, uh, uh. So i guess let's talk series as a whole season one I had a lot of fun and I had just as much, if not more fun than I did the first time I watched it. Ah, so for me, I very much enjoyed this both times I watched it. I do think I actually enjoyed it a bit more the first time. This time, you know, having already seen it and kind of looking out for smaller details, I I feel like I spent maybe a bit too much time bungling around looking at all the little plot holes instead of just enjoying the show like I did the first time. So I do feel like my personal experience was diminished a bit the second time through, but I still think this is a really good show. See, I think the reason I I had a lot of fun with it the second time was a lot because it did hold up to the, to that kind of added scrutiny. Like I always really enjoy whenever we cover something for the podcast that really holds up to our scrutiny versus the shows that sometimes like fall completely apart. Like, uh, Gundam. Mm. I mean, I'd list Kaijo too, but we never expected it. Yeah, to. That, that's a whole different league. That's not fair. That's not fair. I, I do think it stood up to that scrutiny. I, I just think maybe the way I went into it this time wasn't necessarily the best way for my own enjoyment. I, yeah, I, I yeah, can I, see that. I'm definitely someone who likes to dig, whereas I feel you are not. I like to dig, but with this, like what I found was a lot of little plot holes that just kind of went. It's not really important especially when realism isn't really a factor in the show but by the end i started to just kind of feel burdened down with them with like like okay how much of this 
is realistic, how much of this is kind of hand wavy and really looking into that end of things. Yeah. Eh, like normally I do quite normally like, you know, criticism and digging into a thing. But yeah, some, some of the flaws in it, like I, I do feel like shown out a bit more like it's all right to abandon realism to a point. But there were times where, you know, I thought it was a bit cheap, a bit corner cutty, but not enough to really take away from my enjoyment unless I was concentrating on it, which I was. Yeah. So what would you rank this? Not rank, rate. Oh, I mean, I'd still give it, uh, we haven't done thumbs in a while, so I'm gonna give it four thumbs out of five. You some sort of mutant? No, just got five thumbs. You're, are you a collector? Yeah. All right, let's not dig deeper into eBay. that. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> I give it four out of five, uh, Senku Colas. Yeah. I don't think it's a perfect show. I still think it's excellent. I yeah. think it is very much worth a shot, uh, especially if you kind of like shonen-y sort of anime and manga, but are tired of the, well, the tried and true formula, I'll say, that involves lots of people just punching each other in the face. If you're a little tired of that, but want something similar, this is such a good show for that. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that we went back to this. Oh, me too. And Actually, I do want to say I have been enjoying watching the second season more with having the first season very fresh in my mind. Yeah, I'm excited. That's my plan for this weekend. I mean, absolutely do it. Like little details, like remembering when the stoves kind of came into everybody's house and the importance of them and then seeing that recycled. It it doesn't make much of an impact if you're watching the show, you know, months, years later after the first season. But having just watched it being like, yeah, I remember that and seeing how he reuses it. Yeah, I, I thought that was neat. And I think it ties together really well. I like that. So now yeah, I think that's the all dreaded question, Tim. What are we watching next? Well, next week is a guest episode with Cosmic Sea Turtle. Ah, uh, about... you figured out my trick question. Ah, <laughs> nice try, Andrew. Damn it. Yeah, that's going to be a guest episode with Andrew and Cosmic Sea Turtle. Uh, I will be notably absent, but there in spirit, thinking about it. We talk a ton of shit, especially mm, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be on Black Butler Book of Circus. Yeah, 10 episodes we've been talking about constantly. So if you haven't watched it by now, what uh, watch it? I don't know. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to be doing Fruits Basket. The new one. The new one. Which is very important. Because there's not really a good nomenclature between the two. I mean, I guess you could say the year, but that's... Yeah, it's the new one, the old one, or you say the years it came out. Yeah, but I'm excited to get back to kind of a more slice of life. It's been a while. Could use something cute, like something cutesy. And I, at least me personally, I don't know a ton about it. I've kind of kept myself a little blind. Well, then this should be fun. Anyways, that's all for now, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we hope to see you next week. Bye-bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.